0: Hey, yo, and pop mobile holes up in skyscrapers and condominiums overlooking our drug capers New York City the only way to play is gritty I want chatter so we can front up in the fitting. my whole committee like the puffels a little jiggy who on test this my simi leave you chestless and ain't shit that you can say to me when you be breathless young but I done did shit that you won't do sick ahead with that bullshit you blabber let's go
1: I got niggas who
0: pump on your block and in your spot who sit next to you protecting you but
2: they'll murder
1: you this a classic right here
2: too.
1: You got it, we back. Episode, what we on fifty three, I think?
2: I'm a beatin' up Islamic bomb So I packin' up Sonic arms to neutralize the new July's atomic bomb It's not a nigga and your gang want it My case mm. late gauge, Brace jays Niggas' names on it Often I bug them, but soften the thug Have a chump cough from blood Feel cough and the slug Yo, you know I got enough guns to nation Any nigga wave a tech emation Have an explanation, explanation. When you're throwing them, I'm doing them Then I'm beatin' them down with aluminum Then I'm putting two in them You can't touch me, I've been devil sent wanted for investment not
1: lot but that's irrelevant. Let's go, X. R.I.P. X, man. Niggas
2: done started something. You could lay in the flames or hug the sky for it. Niggas done started something. If you love the money, then prepare to die for it. Niggas done started something. You could lay in the flames or hug the sky for it yeah Check out the kid that get coke like Sosa Never turn down Chocha Be in the Costa Rica Sipping margaritas with a mommy Cleaning my Tommy Showing love to my army
1: Right back at you Let's go
2: I was going to
1: cut this off early But we got to let this ride though
2: so real, you can feel them in your vein like Romello's pops from Sugar Hill. J be the cause for the kiss at your waist Cartel lips spitting clips at your face. We started from the bottom. You'll see bag niggas party. Whatever we can do it at the garden. Word life, the shit is real big. I'm making niggas blow travel
1: Can't cut this out before X's verse, man.
2: With so oriental rugs Bring back some drugs Get whacked for the love 20 niggas fatter me Still couldn't shatter me I'm only getting up
1: Splitting up Your, your anatomy. anatomy fish you block family Branch niggas handing me I want
2: the finer things And I hope you understand me Sitting at the table planning Plug the fan in. Let the sweat dry off And then grab the cannon Think the smartest And retaliate the hardest Regardless If you a thug or a rap artist Respect me Like, like Pesci And if rap was hockey Gretzky and y'all niggas done started something Acting invincible like you got something If you guard, then i am going mix a lot till you right And if you a player, then play the everything you. you got And if you a thug, then start fussin' all shots And if you a dog, you better bite before you fall what? If you love the money, then prepare to die for it Niggas
0: done start started
1: something You
2: can lay in the flames or hug the sky for it
0: Let's go, X. Don't come at me with no bullshit. Use caution. Cause when I wet shit, I dead shit. Make like like a abortions oh. for bigger portions. Of extortion and racketeering. Got niggas spirit. Fuck what you heard, what you hear How much darker must it get? How much harder must it hit? See, if your hardest niggas flip. When I start a bunch of shit. I like pussy, but not up in my face. So give me three feet. Cause when we creep no more than 3D. Niggas see sheep. Bloodhounds found your shit buried in the mud. Following chases of gunpowder residue and blood. A positive idea is impossible. So you know John Doe Is what they gonna be Putting on that tag On your toe Now who gonna tell Your mother Her baby's under Recover in the morgue Sniffers and logs
1: Extra special man I
0: oh, a hey nigga That wouldn't listen So you got What you came for.
1: Surgery
0: I hit the fucking streets Cause like I said Before ain't nothing Going down until I eat Motherfuckers Think it's all about Impressing bitches Distressing bitches While I'm testing bitches Game Addressing bitches And caressing bitches And dealing with Motherfuckers on all levels What I'm dealing with Is all devil a mistake. Running with niggas you call rebels I got an army of 730 niggas Dirty niggas that come through and worry niggas 30 niggas are like the berry niggas And scary niggas get it all the time Cause what they got, it's all of mine Your man was talking shit until I pulled a nine And if I don't know you, I don't fuck with you And if you with my man, then he'd be stuck with you And gave it to money Cause I just lost my mind when he crossed the line Sent his back through his chest And I tossed the nine boss the crime, black gottie I stack bodies with the black shoddy For that niggas that act snotty Get it?
1: I, that's called killing the verse right there. If you if you wanna ever see how you supposed to end the track, that's it right there. Shout out to X, R I P X Um. Definitely gone too soon. But yeah, man, you got it, man. Episode 53. I think that's what we're on right now. I got to start. And, and 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 when we got to 50, I went from season 1 to season 2. So we're on season 2 of uh of the You Got It podcast. We're on season 2. Season 2, episode 53. Definitely wasn't going to keep it in one season the whole time. So yeah, we just we went to season 2, man. But uh yeah, I was I was kind of contemplating whether or not I was going to record tonight. I was kind of situated, but I was kind of chilling and watching the hoops. But there's a couple of things I want to get off my chest. So here we are. You know what I mean? Here we are. We're going to start with recapping tonight's games. And then we'll get into yesterday's games and... Also, a couple updates of what's going on out here. Um, The Suns, even the series, back 1-1 with the Clippers, beat the Clippers 123-109. Phoenix was 58.8% from the field tonight. They also had 30 assists. Devin Booker led the way, 38 points, 9 rebounds, 25 in the second half. KD with a... Very efficient night, 25 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Chris Paul, 16 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. DeAndre Ayton came up big, 14 points, 13 rebounds. And one of my glue guys, who I had when I did my glue guy list, I had Torrey Craig and Josh Okogie on my list. I should have put played my own soundbite, but I ain't going to do that. But Tory Craig came up big. I mean, you know, he's he's going to be one of those people that... If Phoenix is going to win a championship, he's going to have to play big. He played big tonight, 17 points, 5 for 8 from 3. And he's going to be open the majority of the time. So he has to knock down shots. And I think if he takes his time, you know, sets his feet, grabs the seams, everything you're supposed to do as a good shooter, he will make shots. He'll make wide-open shots. They're essentially set shots that he's taking. And tonight he did a good Good job of doing that. I mean, he also played good in, in game one. They just came up a little short. Uh, Kawhi again had a very good game. He was very dominant in the first half. Uh, Thirty-one points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Russ had twenty-eight, five and five, and credit credit Monty Williams. You know, and I, I think in the first game, Ty Lue kind of out coached him. This game, Monty Williams did make an adjustment on Kawhi and started doubling Kawhi in the second half, getting the ball out of his hands. Because I think in the first half, the Clippers were getting whatever they wanted on offense. It's one thing if you're going to shut down Kawhi and you're going to let the other score. It's another thing if you're going to let, if you're going to, you know, play Kawhi one-on-one And he's going to score, and you're not going to leave anybody else, and nobody else is going to score. But in the first half, Kawhi was scoring, and the others were getting off. If Phoenix is not going to win that way. It has to be one or the other. And then the second half, I thought Monty Williams made an adjustment to kind of take the ball to Kawhi's hands and let the others beat them, and it didn't really work out that way for the Clippers. So... Of course, you know, in a seven-game series, it's all about matchups and coaching adjustments. So we're going to see the balls and talus lose court in court. And we'll see what he does, what adjustments he makes next game. And really, it's a shame that this is a first-round matchup. Because this this should be a Western Conference final. It could be. And I do believe that if the Clippers are playing anybody else but Phoenix this round, that they easily get out the first round. Not saying that they're not going to get out the first round. But anybody else they beat in probably five or six games, this series in particular will probably go seven, and it's going to be hard fought. Can the Clippers win? Yes, because they have Kawhi, who's been playing probably the best. Um, Yeah, he's been the best player on the court, if you you know take into account both games. Um, yeah, I mean, Booker went off tonight, but he didn't play good in game one. Kawhi with 38 in game one, 31 tonight. He's been the most consistent s- star in this game, or in this series, I mean. So, not to say that, I mean, I I don't have the Clippers winning. I, I definitely have Phoenix winning, but the Clippers, I mean, they have a chance. They they legitimately have a chance because of Kawhi Leonard. So, we will see, you know, what adjustments Talu makes moving forward. But it wasn't, you know, it was a pretty good game. Shout out to to Chris Paul for getting the Scott Foster curse uh off his back. He had lost 13 straight playoff games that Scott Foster had refed, and I know it seems like it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It is a very big deal. And so shout out to Chris Paul for for coming through and getting them um, getting that curse off his back um from the earlier games tonight we had the Cavs 107 New York Knicks 90 I didn't really see that blowout coming I thought the Knicks were gonna put forth a little bit more effort but they you know they ultimately just like the Clippers they came and did what they need to do they stole one on the road Darius Garland with 32 points 26 in the first half 15 in the second quarter he was 6 for 10 for the three-point range and Darius Garland, you know, had them going in the first half. He's part of the reason why they they had a big lead in the first half and and was able to maintain that. But the the reason they maintained that lead was Karis LeVert. He had 24 points off the bench, 4-9 from 3. Donovan Mitchell didn't have the outstanding scoring game, but had an excellent floor game, 17 points, 13 assists. And the Cavs, you know, they they held it down. You know, they got they got they got out of there with uh, you know, with a split, which I'm sure that they're not too happy about. But I believe that they have a roster, and they kind of adjusted to the Knicks' physicality. So going forward, you know, going into New York, I don't think that they'll be as intimidated. Uh, the Knicks. Julius Randle 22 points, RJ Barrett 14 points, Jalen Brunson 12 points. Shot below 50% from the field for the first time since like late December, which was very surprising. I mean, the Cavs they just had it going tonight. That's all. The Cavs had it going tonight and it was Darius Garland's night. And once you get, you know, once you get the home crowd rocking, it's it's kind of hard to to get that momentum back. So um, we'll see what happens, you know, game three moving forward. And if the Knicks can, you know, hold home court. Which I don't think, I have the Cavs winning a series. I would not be surprised if the Knicks won the next two games at home. I would not be surprised. But I don't see it happening. Uh, in the earlier game, the earliest game of the night, we had the Celtics versus the Hawks. It wasn't really much of a game. Atlanta did jump out to an early lead in the first quarter. That definitely didn't, you know, they, they definitely couldn't sustain that. Um Tatum, twenty-nine points, ten rebounds. Derrick White was very big tonight. Twenty-six points, seven rebounds, three blocks for Derek White, which is you know <laughs> not you know, you don't expect him to get three blocks. But uh yeah, he had three blocks. Uh the Jonte the Murray, twenty-nine points. 7-13 and 13 from three, six assists. Trey Young, 24 points, six assists. Clint Capella, I think, was in single digits, so that's not going to work for them. Uh, DeAndre Hunter had a pretty good game. He got off early, but ultimately the Celtics are just too much for the Hawks. I still have the Hawks winning one game in Atlanta. No more than that. This series will be over in five, I believe, and then we'll kind of get to see what we want to see Um Next round, which is going to be the Celtics and potentially the 76ers. The 76ers are up two two games none on the Nets. Uh, they won last night. Tyrese Maxey, 33 points. Six of 13 from three-point land. And Joel Embiid, 20 points. Tabaz Harris, we had a Tabas Harris sighting. 20 points for him. James Harden did not play that well. Eight points, seven assists, five rebounds. Uh, Very pedestrian numbers for him, especially after the first game. But they didn't really need him to put up big numbers with Maxi going for 33. So uh, for my Brooklyn Nets, I mean, Cam Johnson, 28 points, 5'11 from three. He's a baller. Mikael Bridges, 21 points. If they're going to get one game on the 76ers, Mikael Bridges is going to have to go for 40. Uh, And that's just reality. Mikael Bridges must go for 40 or more if they want to win a game in this series. Cam Johnson started out hot. I think he had 22 points in the first half, but second half he cooled down. Didn't really do too much. But, I mean, the go-to person for Brooklyn is is Mikael Bridges. He's going to have to put up a monster game in order to steal one of these games in Brooklyn. Is he capable of doing that? Yes, he is. So... We'll see what what kind of happens. I'm still upset at, at Joe and Sean Marks, you know, just for making that trade because, you know, championship is out the window. So, it's it's just very upsetting that I feel like we're not in a rebuild, but we are kind of in a rebuild. In the game of the night, um, of course. Um, Sacramento, Golden State, another good game, Kings managed to pull it out, uh, they are up two games to none in the series, it's the first time that Steph Curry has been down 0-2 in his playoff career, uh, Malik Monk, 18 points, 6 of 15 from three, uh, uh, Sabonis, 24 points, 9 rebounds. Darren Fox, 24 points, 10 of 23 from the field. But he had 9 points in the fourth quarter. He was awarded the most clutch player in the NBA award today. Um, Also, Davion Mitchell played an outstanding game, 14 points off the bench. Harrison Barnes, 13 points, 8 in the fourth quarter. Was very big. And Davion Mitchell will make multiple first-team all-defenses. First-team all-defense. I don't know why I said plural with that. He'll he'll make multiple first team all defensive teams, uh, in the future. He's the best on ball defender in the league. It's it's not even up for debate. So if you watch the games, you do realize that he's the best on ball defender. I don't know who comes a close second, but he's definitely first for sure. Uh, Curry, Curry's been struggling, man. I mean, he has to, he has to pretty much earn every point. He has the. I ain't gonna say earn. He has to work hard for every point that he's getting. He had twenty eight points. Clay with twenty one points. Andrew Wiggins twenty two points. Jordan Poole, where are you at? APB for Jordan Poole, one for seven four points on the night. I don't. He's nowhere to be found in these first two games. I did notice the way that uh that the Kings are playing coverage in regards to their rotations. And it appears that they are rotating and leaving Andrew Wiggins open for the three-point shot. That's not his game. So is he going to make a couple? Yeah, he will. But ultimately, he's going to miss more threes than he takes. And they're not corner threes that he's taking. These are like wing shots, wing threes. So I don't know if that's intentional. And Mike Brown wants you know Wiggins to shoot the shots. I'm not sure if that's the type of coverage that they're playing. But ultimately, the ball ends up in his hands beyond the three-point line, and he's been shooting bricks. So we will see. Uh, the big news coming out of that series is Draymond Green has been suspended for one game for the skirmish that he had with Demarcus Sabonis, and which Sabonis clearly grabbed Draymond by the foot, by the ankle, uh, twisted up his leg, and as Draymond was trying to step out of Sabonis' grasp, he accidentally or intentionally, I'm not sure which one it is, but to me it looked unintentional, stepped on Sabonis' like, stomach area, and Sabonis has been diagnosed with a bruised sternum contusion, and Draymond Green has been suspended for one game. Now, not only did he get kicked out of last game for for that skirmish, but now he has to miss another game and the person that caused the whole incident which was Sabonis in my opinion he's not missing any time okay now Draymond he does I mean well according to the suspension is that you know part of the suspension was the fact that he had a history of um you know incidents and what I will say about that is that uh, Draymond, I mean, listen, he he's a repeat... I don't want to say that. I just said, listen, I'm not supposed to be saying that. He is a repeat offender. But if Sabonis does not grab his leg, Draymond does not step on Sabonis. So how is the person that instigated the whole incident not the, not getting suspended as well? Nor did he get kicked out the game. So I don't really like that whole situation. I think it's kind of taken away from the series. It's going to mess the series up uh, because the Warriors are going to be short. They're Basically, their vocal leader, defensive uh, quarterback, he'll be out the game. And they're already having a tough time slowing Sacramento down. The good thing is that they're playing at home. And, I mean, they are defending champs. So I, f- I think that they find a way to get it done game three in uh, at the Oracle. With that crowd behind them. But I would not be surprised if Sacramento went up 3-0. Because as of right now, they're looking, pretty, they're looking very hard to beat. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Uh, in regards to Draymond's suspension, I don't agree with it. But it's here nor there at this point because it's it's already official. So it's just, it's just unfortunate because I think it's going to mess the series up. That's all. It's a series that... I had uh hopes of going seven games. Could potentially be over in four or five with this Draymond suspension. Because if Sacramento wins the next game, you can pretty much count this series as over. I don't see Golden State beating them four times in a row. So that's that's the uh that's the one thing. But but speaking of that, let me let me just go ahead. Let's clap it up for Sacramento, man. They've been showing up and showing out. They've been showing up and showing out. And I don't want the story to be about the Draymond and Sabonis incident. It should be about Sacramento kicking the Warriors' butt. So let's give them a clap, man. Let's clap it up for them, man. We'll
2: make it clap. We'll make it clap.
1: So um, tomorrow we got a bunch of games, twos. We got uh, Lakers in Memphis. We got the Bucks and the Heat, in which Giannis is doubtful right now. Tyler Hero will be out for the Heat. Giannis is doubtful with his back injury. We have um Minnesota and the Nuggets. And I got Minnesota winning winning tomorrow. I do. I I for some reason I, I have a lot of faith in Minnesota to push Denver to the limits. And I do have Minnesota winning tomorrow night. I have the Lakers also winning tomorrow night against Memphis. So we got yeah, we got some pretty good games tomorrow. Um, NBA players playoffs is fantastic. So Yeah, so we we uh we'll kinda transition over to um a little bit of NFL news and Jalen Hurts uh signed his new contract. The Eagles and their star superstar quarterback agreed to terms Monday on a five-year, two hundred fifty-five million dollar contract extension that makes Hurts the highest-paid player on an annual basis in NFL history. That is crazy. Okay, okay. that is really crazy. I mean, Hurts is good, the highest-paid player in NFL history. He ain't that good, but he's good. Uh, Hurts' deal comes. With 179.3 million in total guarantees, including 110 million fully guaranteed at signing and 126.5 million fully guaranteed by March 2024, as well as the first no trade clause in Eagle's history. and ultimately, Jalen hurts is the Eagle's future, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh he can also earn an extra fifteen million in incentives, giving him an opportunity to make as much as two hundred and seventy four million through twenty twenty-eight. So that is a nice chunk of change uh for him. Shout out to uh Hertz agent Nicole Lynn. Um that contract is said to be the largest contract ever by a female agent. And I know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of pressure on her to get that deal done, a lot, you know, being a female in, in a male dominated industry, um, for her to pull off that deal for, for Jalen Hurts is a big deal, it is a very big deal, and I'm glad that she got it done, so nobody can kind of look at her crazy and you know, I mean, you you just know how things go. You know how narratives you know go and and how they try to paint pictures and yeah, just the whole thing. I'm just glad that she got the deal done and Jalen Hurts got his got his bag that he deserved. But uh, for Nicole Lynn, though, to get that done, it's huge, man. So we ain't got nothing. You know, we know we got to give her a round of applause. We we'll make it clap. You know we got to clap it up for her for, for taking care of that. Um, shout out to Jalen Hurts, though, for sure. So his total guarantee of $179 million, um is the second largest in NFL history behind Deshaun Watson, who got five years, $230 million fully guaranteed with the Browns last year. And only Watson and Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson have more money guaranteed at signing than Hurts on one hundred and ten million. Total cash is second in NFL history, only behind Patrick Mahomes' ten year, four hundred and fifty million dollar extension, uh, signed by the Chiefs in twenty twenty. So, of course, you know, the only thing that that we got a question right now is where does that where does this deal leave Lamar Jackson? That is that is all that is where we're at right now with this whole situation. Where does this deal leave Lamar Jackson? That is what we need to find out. Um I think that Hurts deal does set some sort of precedent for uh Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to get a deal done. So Lamar Jackson is better than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts got 179 mil guaranteed. The 230 mil guaranteed that Deshaun Watson got is an outlier. That's not really typical. So anywhere between 200 and 230 mil guaranteed Lamar Jackson should be okay with. I believe he wants to be the highest paid player uh, with guaranteed money. And not saying he doesn't deserve it, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. Because I think the whole, all the owners are in cahoots. In regards to not ever giving a you know a player a contract that is fully guaranteed, such as the Deshaun Watson contract. So with that being said, anything over two hundred mil for Lamar Jackson, um, I think he should. I think he should go ahead and sign it. Now, should the incentives go up to over two hundred thirty mil? Yes, they should. There should be some incentives, uh contract that you know allows him to make. Above the two hundred thirty million that Deshaun Watson got, but um, that is that is you know what we're what we're gonna wait and find out. So, but shout out to uh the Jalen Hurts and Nicole Lynn for getting that done, man. Um, other news in the NFL, we had uh, Allen Robinson getting traded to my Steelers, um, from it the uh, L.A. Rams. And I'm pretty happy about that. That pretty much loads us up on offense. It also takes wide receiver off the board for the drafts. So I don't really see us taking going wide receiver in the first two rounds. So that whole you know Jordan Addison thing is out the window. But as far as like skill set and skill receivers, yeah, not skill set, skill skill position players. We are up there right now. We got Kenny Pickett. Najee Harris at running back. Kenny Pickett is going to take a a huge leap in year number two. I have no doubt about that. Um, We have Najee Harris at running back, who is at least at worst a top 10 running back, maybe even top five. So that is exciting as well. Uh, We have Pat Fairmuth, who I believe is a top 10 tight end, maybe even top five tight end in my opinion. Now, of course, I might be a little bit biased, but I call him Hands pat for a reason because he doesn't drop any balls. Um, on the outside, we got Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, who's going to make a huge leap in, in year number two, Deontay Johnson, pro bowler. And now we put Allen Robinson in the slot. We get Calvin Austin back. Uh, IR. I like what we're building. I like what we're building in Pittsburgh on offense. In order to compete for a Super Bowl, you have to have a top-flight offense. You got to be able to score points. And shout out to Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan for getting, you know, for getting weapons for Kenny. You need those weapons if you if you want to if you want to advance. So shout out to them, man. It's been, what is going on here? Why does that keep doing that? Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Uh in other sports news, we had something very huge. Uh, DeMar Hamlin has been cleared to resume all football activities uh, four months after he suffered um the heart attack on the field or, or the stroke on the field. I don't remember what it was, cardiac arrest, one or the other. Um. So just seeing him, you know, be able to fight back and get back on the field is a win. Um. Should he be in a rush to get back on the field? By all means, no. But, I mean, he is months away from... You know, the season's starting, so he can get acclimated, reacclimated, and get his conditioning up, because I'm sure he hasn't... I don't think he's probably been running or exercising or working out. Uh, I mean, maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. I'm not sure. I, you know, I can't really speak to that. But I would think that now he can kind of ramp up whatever exercises that he was doing prior to this. So with that being said... He should be good to go by the beginning of the season by training camp at worst if if that is the route that he's choosing to take so we we'll see if that's you know if that's what he wants to do moving forward um yeah shout out you know shout out to Demar Hamlin though Pittsburgh's own um what else do we have on the sports front? We have I got cause I gotta to get to this no no of the week. We are already at a half an hour. We're at 31 minutes. I swear time be flying. Every time I do these episodes, time be flying. Um what else we got? We got tank the tank Garcia fight. I know I, I talked about this last week, but we have a new update on on the Ryan Garcia, Javante Tank Davis fight. Uh, Tank Davis was on Kai Sinat's stream yesterday, and shout out to Kai Sinat, and, and Twitch, y'all gotta stop banning Kai, he's the biggest moneymaker you have on the platform, and y'all keep just suspending him and taking him off the platform, I'm not understanding why, uh, it appears that he got taken off because he liked a pair of shoes that somebody else gave him instead of the Twitch shoes, that's, that's real petty about Twitch, very petty. If you want him to stay on your platform, stop banning him and pay him whatever he's worth. He did a twenty-eight day subathon. He is the most subscribed uh, streamer on your website, and y'all are causing him problems for no reason. I don't understand it. But anyway, on it, um, on uh, the stream, Tank and Ryan Garcia were. On a FaceTime call and agreed to the winner taking the full purse. Yes, I said that. Tank and Garcia agreed to the winner taking the full purse. That means the loser will walk out of that fight with absolutely nothing. Now, I don't, I mean, now this is not a, I didn't, I don't see any paperwork being signed, but I believe that Tank was, you know, trying to get some paperwork drafted and sent over to Garcia. But as of right now, this is um, this is the thing. So, um, if the paperwork is drawn up, I don't know. It might just be a gentleman's bet. I'm not really sure. But if the paperwork is drawn up, and somebody signs it, and Garcia signs it, and Tank signs it, then that's that's where it's at right now. So, I mean, this is it, and I and I know this is my second time talking about this fight, maybe my third time, because this is the biggest fight of the year. In my opinion. And I can't wait. We're only what three days away, three days away from this fight. Uh, Mike Tyson will be on first take Friday, uh, ten a.m. to twelve p.m. Make sure you tune in on ESPN. Um, I'm not sure what type what time Mike Tyson will be on, but he will be on. They'll be talking boxing. Hopefully, they can pull up. Uh, hopefully, they can pull Tanker or, or Garcia on on that show, just to get a word from them before the, the day before the match. But I'm ready. I, I, that's all that matters. I am ready. 100%. I swear, something's wrong. I think my computer got a virus on it. That's what I'm starting to think, man. But yeah, man. So let's let's get on to yeah. So let's get out of this sports talk. Let's get on to this no-no because we only got about 25 minutes left. Um, This no-no is going to a Florida man accused of throwing chicken wings at his wife during lover's quarrel. Uh, a Florida man allegedly, allegedly threw chicken wings at his wife as the couple whirled over his suspected lover. According to a police report, um, evidence of the wing attack could still be seen when officers arrived at the home and saw the wife with sauce under her chin nut area as well as on, as well as on the thin shoulder strap to her shirt. And that's kind of crazy. Uh, The domestic disturbance in Wildwood began Sunday night when Robert Francis Audet, 39 years old, and his wife began arguing about him having an apparent lover. According to the police report, the victim advised, during the argument, the defendant began asking for some money so he can go to a local gambling establishment and meet with the lover. At some point during the argument, the defendant grabbed and threw a takeout box of chicken wings. So so Robert Robert Audette, this no no is for you. You are now um <laughs> you are now the chicken man. You know what I mean? I don't know if y'all remember from uh, Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Um the the uh, when uh, Darnell was talking to uh dude when they was in the, when they was in the room.
0: Especially
1: with your chicken-fixing biscuit dinner. Your chicken-fixing biscuit <laughs> dinner. Robert Audet, he, he he started throwing that chicken-fixing biscuit dinner at a significant other, and she must not have liked it. So we calling him, we're coining the phrase of him being the chicken man. And of all the things that you could throw, why are you throwing the food? Why are you throwing the food, Robert Odette? I don't understand that. I mean, you shouldn't be throwing nothing to begin with, but if you're going to throw something, I'm not going to throw something I spent my hard-earned money on that I'm hungry. Uh, Starvation is one of the worst things that you could have. So I'm not really understanding that at all. Of all the things that you could have thrown at your significant other, the chicken should not have been it. That that That's for sure. It should not have been the chicken. What is this? it should not have been the chicken at all man but that's just how it is man you know what I mean that is just how it is he chose to do that I do not understand why but he will forever probably be known as the chicken man you know what I mean he'll forever be known as the chicken man in a domestic dispute you started flouring chicken and throwing it all over the place man and for that reason right there, uh, Robert Audet this no-no is for you because we just can't go for that, man. You definitely, you definitely the wing stop right man right now, man Robert Audet. You definitely the wing stop man. Um, let's transition up and out of here and get into um a Ralph Yarrell update. And in the update with Ralph Yarrell, this is coming from uh way up with ye. Um. There was an 84-year-old man accused of shooting a black teenager, Ralph Yarl. He turned himself in Tuesday and was later released on bail. Andrew Lester is his name. He faces two felony charges, assault in the first degree, and armed criminal action in the April 13th shooting of Ralph Yarl. He will be arraigned Wednesday afternoon, according to the Yarrow family attorney, Lee Merritt. And Lester turned himself in in a detention center Tuesday and he was released on his $200,000 bond and the bond prohibits him from having any type of weapon and cannot have direct or indirect contact with Yarl or his family. Um, Lester has told police he and the team did not exchange words before he fired at him through a locked glass door. Um, so ultimately, y'all pretty much got shot for no reason. Uh, he knocked on the wrong door. Andrew Lester, without even asking who it is, asking questions or acknowledging anything, the first thing he did was pick up his gun and start firing. So that's, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, you know, uh, Lester told police he fired immediately after answering the doorbell when he saw Ralph pulling on an exterior door handle. According to the probable cause document uh, obtained, um, Lester thought Ralph was trying to break into his home and was scared to death due to the boy's size. According to the documents, I'm not buying that. Man. I'm I'm not buying that because you I mean people knock on other people's doors all the time and people always you know ask who it is and ask what they want. I'm not bad that you seen that young black teenager, and thought he was you know so big and sad. I don't I don't look like he's like seven feet or nothing like that, but I'm just not bad that he was scared of, of Ralph Rar. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, man, just justice for Ralph Rar. That that's all. I don't really want to stay too much on that on that story, but that is an update that we have. Um, that the man has been charged and before they didn't re- want to release his name or race and he is an older white man um you could do with that information as you please however you would like to do with that information but um yeah so the, and that's pretty much that right there so um what else do we have going on we have another update uh Jamie Fox. Yeah, man, Jamie Foxx, we got to kind of, um. yeah, I don't know, I don't, I'm trying to figure out why I have not um. kind of give y'all an update on Jamie Foxx, but we do have an update on Jamie Foxx, he remains hospitalized in Georgia, uh, it's been a week after his daughter said that he experienced a medical complication. Um. Nobody has ever said what it is, but uh the fact that, you know there was quick action and great care. Jamie Foxx is on his way to recovery. Fox was in Atlanta filming the networks Netflix movie back in action with Cameron Diaz. And the medical incident did not happen on set. And he's I mean he's still kinda battling right now. So Um, prayers up to Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is probably one of one of the most talented people we have in the industry. Um, he could sing, he could dance, he could act, he's funny. Uh, in regards to man, I got something caught in my throat. In regards to uh, like somebody that can do it all. If you had a five-tool actor like a baseball player, it would be Jamie Foxx. Okay, I really got something caught in my throat. <clears> throat> that would be Jamie Foxx. He can literally do it all. Um, of course, we know Jamie Foxx from *In Living Color*, and that was probably his funniest role. He does Shazam with his daughter, which is on, I believe, ABC. <clears throat> But yeah, prayers are for Jamie Foxx, man. The only other person I can think of that's as talented as Jamie Foxx that can do everything is D.C. Young Fly. D.C. Young Fly can do everything, man. I've seen D.C. Young Fly sing, dance, act, double dutch, uh, imp- like improv, comedy, um, you name it, he can do it, man. D.C. Young Fly is probably the, the second most talented dude he might even be more talented than Jamie Foxx because he can do everything, man. But that's the only other person I can think of that is kind of on that level with Jamie Foxx. And that's a, yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, yeah, DC Young Fly is, is really that dude for real. Um, let's see, we going transition out of that. We got about 15 minutes left and uh... I'm sitting here watching lip service with Angela Yee and NLE Chopper. And one thing about NLE Chopper, he is a well-spoken young man. He does appear to have his head on his shoulders all the way. And speaking of um, Yee, I have a soundbite from Chloe Bailey interview that was on web with Yee that I kind of want to play, which kind of gets back into uh, something that I spoke about previously. Let's get into the sound bite though. Let's get into the sound bite. Um
2: <laughs> And then they have to be it has to be a hard thing though to date you. That's not easy. Mm, maybe because, because of my schedule too. Yeah, maybe because of my schedule, but I'm I'm a quite easy person to be honest. I'm I'm really fair.
0: <laughs> and I That's don't an Interesting word. What do you mean? Yeah. Give me a, what do you mean by
2: I'm fair? I don't mm, <laughs> I don't go through people's phones. Okay. Good. I don't just cause drama for no reason. Sometimes I can be petty, but very passive aggressively, and mm-hmm. that's only in retaliation. Okay. Reactionary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't yell at all. Uh, that's me. I never yell. I yeah. Yell.
1: Okay. So, I'll talk to you just like this. We go we, I, I play this sound by all because I want to... I, I re, remember before I was talking about, would you date yourself? Okay. And I spoke about you know if you would date you this is this is a different question, okay? This is a whole different situation. Is it hard to date you is now the question. Do you find yourself hard to date and when I think about myself am i am I hard to date? I'm gonna say, yeah, I think I am um just for the simple fact that I'm used to um being alone and not really having to uh you know, I guess not having to adapt to other surroundings. Um, When you've been single for a long time, you kind of get set in your ways to a certain, yeah, for lack of a better word, set in your ways. So you can easily um, detach from people. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. You can easily, yeah, easily detach from people. So with that being said, is my communication in regards to uh, keeping tabs on somebody that I'm talking to, is it the best? I'm going to say no. So for that reason alone, I think it's hard to, da- I'm hard to date. I-, I would say that I'm hard to date because there will be days where I just won't want to talk to anybody. You know what I mean? I won't really want to see anybody. Not it well, let let me kinda let me put some context behind this. Not anybody that I'm I don't have to see. Like if I'm dating you, I don't necessarily have to see you or have to talk to you or anything like that. So can I go without talking to you? Yeah, I can. Because I'm you know what I mean? I'm I'm so used to not doing that that it is it's easy. It's easy for me. Um I also think I'm hard to date because I have things that I like to be done, you know, which is part of my Virgo characteristics. I have certain things that I like to be done in certain ways. You know, I like, I like, you know, they say Virgos are perfectionist and, you know, particular about things. I do like certain things the way I like certain things. Uh, Am I the cleanest, like, you know, cleanest, tidiest person around the house? Um, not really, but I like things where I like them. And if they get moved, it's going to throw me out of whack. That's one thing. So if that, if that does happen, that does kind of, it'll kind of, you know, it'll kind of throw my, uh, my mentals off. Like if I come in the house and, and I had the remote control, uh, on a certain side of the table and when I come in and look for the remote and it's not there, that's gonna throw me off, <clears throat> and when that throws me off, I may get a little frustrated. So when you when you have a significant other or somebody that you're dating, and you know, let's just say they spend the night at your house or something, and they want to clean up, and then they move everything that you have where it's at. Yeah, that's a pro. That's a problem for me. You know what I mean? That that's a problem for me. I I can't really. I have to get used to that. So with that being said. That would make me pretty hard to date, you know what I mean that would make me pretty hard to date, so and you know I guess that' that's my question that you know to other people do you feel as if you're hard to date, and if you do, why are you hard to date? You know I still stand by I still stand by you know what I mean, I would date me, don't get me, don't get it twisted, but in regards to me being hard to deal with, yes, yes I am. I I believe that I am hard to deal with. But I believe I believe a lot of a lot of um you know, I think a lot of people that are uh been single for a long time, there is a adjustment period of allowing somebody to be in your space. Allowing somebody to infiltrate your life. Uh, allowing, you know, putting trust into somebody with information um, when you've been so secluded and have not really wanted to reveal, you know, haven't really been uh, obligated to answer to anybody. So that exists, I think, with a lot of people that have been single for over a year, two years, three years, you know, something something of that nature. And I think that that makes that, per- I think that that would make that person difficult to date. You know, the whole thing about, uh, especially with, with women saying that if you can't, if you can't, I think, what's the phrase? They say, if you can't do what I'm already doing for myself, then don't bother me. That's like the, the thing that's going around with women. Like if I'm already, you know, doing everything that I can do, and if you can't do that for me, then what do I need to talk to you for? Yeah, that makes, that makes the, you know, that makes that person difficult to date. You know what I mean? Because then I was like, well, what are you bringing to the table? I already, you know, pay my own bills. I already take care of myself financially. Um, I already uh, own this. I have a car. You know what I mean? All this, that, and the third. I already can satisfy myself sexually. So what are you bringing to the, like, what are you bringing? You know what I mean? So that that also that also is a factor in it. That is also a major factor in, in what's going on. And it kind of, you know, another question is, you know what I mean, can a relationship work if the guy or girl is, does not respect the other person? And I think the obvious answer to that is no. You know, I think, I think what I've seen is that can, the, can a relationship work if the girl or guy is not scared of the, their significant other? I don't think scare is a good word. I think scare would be ultimately be respect. If you if you don't res- respect your partner enough, then you're not going to be worried if you lose them. So um, now, mind you, this is people that you are dealing with. This does not exist if you do not have any contact with the person. So this whole respect to somebody uh, only exists if you are in communication with them and are actually dating them. Let me emphasize that. Cause I don't want people to take this the wrong way, okay? You can respect somebody you, if you you're dealing with. Other than that, if you have no contact with the person, there is no respect level to be broken. I I don't know I I don't know why I gotta emphasize that, but I feel like I gotta emphasize that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if the relationship is not gonna work, if if there is not respect, um. And 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 for you know lack of a better term, fear of losing said individual. You know what I mean. You have to value the person, and respect the person, because if you don't, you're not going to be worried about if you lose them or not. So if you are not worried about that, then the relationship will probably never work, because you're going to be thinking that what's the Beyonce song Irreplaceable. Or replay, uh, yeah. I think it's irreplaceable. Yeah, th- so that puts you like in a whole Beyonce type of deal. Uh, I'm trying to—is that what that song is called? To the left, to the left. Irreplaceable. Yeah, it is irreplaceable. Yeah, I had I had to sing. I just gave y'all a quick little ballad just now. But that that is something that you you definitely got to like. You know what I mean? You definitely got to think about if if the the respect is not there, the fear of losing that person is not there, the relationship is almost a hundred percent guaranteed not to work um, and that that kind of comes into play. you know what I mean with the person they was talking about you know social media today, and if a person that you're dealing with um is following somebody or liking pictures of somebody that you don't like at all. You know, should you cut them off? Is that something that you should do? Do you feel like you should cut them off? And my take on that is that you should cut them off depending on the situation. If that person is somebody that your significant other is not friends with, is a op, uh, I guess that's what the young people say, is a op, yeah, you should not have no contact with that person. Other than that, I think, you know, it's okay. You know what I mean? If it's an extra dealing with, as long as as long as that ex respects your relationship, and that's fine, but if it is an op or some way that your significant other does not get along with, yes, you have to cut that person off. I think so i think I think you gotta cut them off because the last thing you want is to make your significant other uncomfortable or angry um about a situation that you got going on outside of the relationship. Because then what happens after that? Every time, you know what I mean? It just brings up... It's just going to start an argument or start some sort of conflict every time, you know, that individual pops up on a timeline or that individual pops up in the person's likes or or in your phone or or, or however it goes. Um, But we're specifically talking social media. So... However that, you know what I mean? However that 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 happens, I think in order to have peace of mind in a relationship, you got to cut the other person off. Now, all bets are off if if that's just a friend and you know and the other and the your significant other has no issues with the person, yeah, there's, you don't have to cut that person off then. That's a whole different situation. But so that and that's why I said it all depends on the situation of how it, you know how it's going to go. So, um, but, but for me, me personally, I would, to make my partner feel comfortable, I would be willing to cut off somebody if I had to, if I wanted the relationship to work. Would I be happy about it? Probably not. But at the end of the day, I would like peace in my household. So... I'm not going to be um the person that is gonna cause conflict within the relationship because I don't wanna stop talking to somebody that makes my significant other uncomfortable. I don't wanna be that dude, man. But you know, it all it all depends on the circumstances though. So um in the right circumstance, yes, I'm cutting that person off. In a different circumstance I'm probably not. I don't know. You know what I mean? It, it it all depends. It's all it's all subjective. So, um. But shout out to Chloe Bailey. Shout out to uh, Angela Yee, Way up with Yee, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Tune in Monday through Friday. Uh, Breakfast Club debuted on BT yesterday. It's only an hour, which is kind of crazy. Um. So they're pretty much showing the first hour of the show. Uh. Not understanding why they're doing that, but hey. You know it's still called it's still quality it still got me watching BT. So we are at fifty eight minutes already. We got about two minutes left. We gonna get out of here, man. Episode fifty three. You got it. Um, playoffs tomorrow. We gonna get more into it. See what happens. See what them Lakers boys do. And that's all I got for y'all, man. That's it. That's all I got. You got it. Episode 53. We out of here. Jill! Oh, Charlemagne Podcast Convention, Black Fest podcast, podcast Convention, first ever of its kind this weekend in Atlanta. Speaking of Atlanta, shout out to the Boys and Girls Clubs for opening their 5,000th club uh, this past month. That's a milestone. And they're based in Atlanta. That's why I thought about that. Shout out to the Boys and Girls Club, too. Let's go, Tank. Got the fight this weekend. We ready, baby. NBA, shame on you for suspending Draymond Green, too, man. That might have just ruined the best series of the first round.
2: Yeah.